welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. In this episode, that's when good neighbours become good... No, hold on, hold on. It's a different Des Bishop. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome into my archive. <laughs> With over two decades covering the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, over a thousand interviews, there is a lot to explore here in the dusty eight tracks and the reel-to-reel recordings and whatever we used to use that was called Winamp and something to do with llamas. Anyway, <laughs> all of that is in the digital past. What I have now here is the digital presence as I head back in to the archives of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and listen to me, Ewan Spence, from many, many years ago, interviewing at that point some of the big stars, maybe some of the upcoming names. But in today's episode, someone who's very much a big star when I spoke to him in 2016 and has went on to bigger and better things since then. It is, of course, Des Bishop, the Irish-American comic born in America, left Queens at an early age, settled down in Ireland and now sort of bounces between the two countries. Getting his big break on Irish television in 2004, Des just basically kept working up the rounds. Uh, he got to his first Edinburgh show in 2010 after three or four years of doing special programmes um, for Irish broadcaster RTE, which involved him doing various jobs and uh, living on the minimum wage, learning to speak Gaelic so he could do a uh, stand-up in full Irish Gaelic. And that momentum just kept on building and building and building. Uh, there was even a point where after he did Irish Gaelic, there's a clear sequel. He decided to learn Chinese as well to go and do a stand-up show in that country as well. Multiple years selling out of the fringe. And as I said, just just getting bigger. And it's such a simple formula because it's observational comedy. Now, it's easy to do observation comedy. It's hard to be really good at observational comedy and make it feel effortless. Des makes it look effortless and makes it sound easy it is i remember seeing the show and it was just a a stunning performance of capturing the audience and just we're going to have fun together for this hour and i had to get him on the podcast it's just like yep want to find out more have a little bounce around but maybe dive a little bit deeper in my mind's eye, we're going to head to our luxury studio beside a touring theatre company in the busy, bustling centre of the Fringe. In real life, uh, it's a shed next to a double-decker bus owned by Bob Slayer, which has a little performing space squeezed into the top deck. But hey, everything is in the eye of the beholder. So back to 2016, back to the bus, back to the grey matters of Des Bishop. And always remember, the show's finished. Don't try and get tickets. Well, that was going on. My next guest is in the studio trying to work out the acoustic properties of the roof of our three-story costume studio. This is velvet silk. Yes. No, it's not. No, okay, it John, really is. Have it's you... not velvet silk. It this is, is this MDF. Is... 
Okay, that's wood. Empty. That it's, certainly it's, isn't cotton. I'm sorry. sorry. Everyone knows you're in a shed. Right? <sighs> You've established that at this they stage. Now. Well, 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 we have. But we've been trying just to put. I'm not. I am. I'm not. I am. Yeah. So I'm John. I mean, I'm literally in a shed in in the middle of Edinburgh. Yes. You know how much it costs to get a shed in the middle of Edinburgh during the fringe? No. <laughs> yeah, things, things never said. Things, yeah. things never said. It's slightly less expensive than your venue, which is about seventy yards that way. Really? But not by much. Wow. What's your venue then? You Obviously need to talk I... to some Irish travellers, and they can tell you how to uh, get a temporary structure up at the side of the road. Well, I, I'm talking about the list price. I'm not actually talking about what I got invoiced by Bob. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the list price is slightly different. Now, Des Bishop joins us now, uh, and straight away he's an Irishman trying to save me money. I like you. You can oh, stay. Yeah. Irish-American, anyway. <laughs> not to confuse the listeners. Well, I consider Irish myself New- an Irishman, but my accent never really flipped. Irish New York, not Irish-American. Yeah. Irish New York. Oh, oh why? If, uh, <laughs> American has negative connotations? Well, no. It's just always that New York is just a sort of separate oh, enclave of humanity and has a completely mm. different attitude to yes. the rest of, of the 48 to states. A, to a degree, to a degree. So, but yeah, I am an Irish-American, Irish-New Yorker. But I've lived in Ireland much more of my life, so I'm not your average Irish-American. You're well-traveled. Yeah, I'm not a great, I'm not like my great-great-grandfather was Irish-Irish-American. I'm a genuinely sort of somewhat American, somewhat Irish guy. And you're also ridiculously tanned, if I can just say. I mean, I realize this is radio, so it doesn't really work, but, yeah. but you are ridiculously tanned. I have a bit that? of, well, I, guess, I was in New York for the summer, and then I played a, I've been playing a lot of pitch and putt with Jason Byrne. And right. the second half of the fringe, the weather has not been bad, actually. So okay. a lot of this is sort of semi-tan, semi-windburn from playing pitch and putt in the meadows with Jason Byrne. Pitch and putt? I'm sorry. I've it's like sad, golf, but without the long bit. Yeah, just right. like, like sort of friendly, fun golf, like 80 yards, 60-yard shots. Kids golf, then. Well, no. pitch and putt. No, no, no. Oh, Working no. class no, golf. No, no, no. Kids golf is crazy word. golf. Working class golf. Working class golf. There are no pink windmills to try and navigate. Everybody's so aggressive here, aren't they? In the meadows. You in Scotland say golf is a kid's game. It's one of the oldest pitch and putt courses in the world. Okay, and and Jason Burns, I mean, his, his actual golf part, he's got it down to about five or six now. Last time we chatted to him, he was about an eight or nine what? on the par. Jason oh, Burns. He's full of it. He, he, <laughs> we, we tend to have pars and bogeys. That's, uh, we have a good competition, me and Jay. We have a good, I've beaten him every time, but only by like one shot. So we have a, we have a fine competition going between the two of us. Okay. And his son Daniel was over here. He's leaving today. So Daniel plays also. So it's a nice, you know, it's nice. Break I, from the fringe. Yes. We don't talk about comedy. Do you find that you need that break, that the fringe is such an intensive beast that you need that release valve every day? I mean, I, it's not because the fringe is an intensive beast. I don't drink. I don't do the night. So I don't get too, like, wrapped up with the fringe. But, no, I guess it's just nice to not think about your job for a while because you do tend to think about your job a lot anyway as a comedian. The fringe adds a bit to that because you got this pressure of selling tickets every night and the, you meet people and they ask about your show. So it is just nice to give your brain a bit of a break. But it, not, not, not that it's so intense. What would you rather we talk about then than your show? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What are the general topics that you talk we, about? I'll talk about well, whatever you want to talk well, about. Well, we've been talking about MDFP. Literally, give us a topic. And this isn't an Oh, God. Now the oh, pressure's no. on what, me. What on would it. you like to <laughs> talk about? That's still what we planned. Well, I, to be honest, it's an afternoon show. So my, uh, my topics, you know, like, like sex and comedy would be a great topic that I like talking yeah, about. Yeah, but because that is, that, that's part of your show. You do. Yeah, but I like, so I like, I, I, I'm curious about the fact that why people think some re- for some reason sex is like a lower topic than other topics you know that often it's frowned upon it's like oh well you know uh that that show was a little you know a little bit too much about sex but it's like well what 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 else could it be about oh it's a little bit too much about 
you know, parenting or like that's somehow a higher. You, you can't kind of do parenting without the sex bit. Yeah, but you know, I'm just curious to know why still in our society it's a taboo. Se- yeah, like I'm why? Not, I don't know. Are you now asking the questions? I don't quite understand the dynamics. Sorry, you you asked the topic. topic. But this is the topic. Okay, fine. But, but the topic is why is sex then, such but, one but of the laws? It's a conflict between the fact as a performer that. Uh, sex is a taboo at the same time as being a universal subject. The reason that c- presumably comedians use sex as a topic is because yeah. everyone knows something about sex. Yeah, so well, Dylan called- Moran says there's no hack topics, there's only topics done badly, right? And sex is a, a topic that keeps on giving in the sense that it's this essential part of humanity yeah. that creates a awkwardness, uh, tension, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, it's such a drive. It's such a, it's, it's one of the main drives of humanity, right? So that's obviously like a really inspirational topic, but for some reason people think that's low. But it's those people who think it's low who are the justification for using sex as a topic in comedy. Yes, Because without them, there would be no tension. But actually, what we don't want is for sex to not be a taboo. Otherwise, comedy would basically be ruined. But yes and no, because if sex wasn't oh. such a taboo, perhaps we'd be a healthier society. Yeah, but then we I would sacrifice <laughs> a few jokes for a society that was, uh, you know, less hung up about things. You wouldn't then have a career, though. But a whole lot of things. There are certain comedians who have their own shows in the BBC that have got entire comedy routines about coffee shops. I'm not here and representing they're not, the BBC. I'm, I wasn't doing it, and you're not here Honestly, representing people- sacrifice their lives for freedom. I will sacrifice my career for people being comfortable in the bedroom. How very, very... Well, aren't you charming? (laughs) (laughs) And and here's the thing. (laughs) Listeners, I just want to point out, um, and and there's no word of a lie here, there's a certain bit of your material, uh, having seen the show, um, that's about... um, Oh, hold on. Erectile dysfunction is allowed to talk about in the You afternoon. are, but that, I wasn't going to mention oh, sorry, what the joke okay. was because I didn't want to spoil the material. So I'm going to duck my microphone for a second. That bit in your show about... Oh, um, yeah. That, you know, the fact that you've that managed bit. to find something new in the field of sexual comedy. It's just... For someone who, for myself, who's seen so many shows throughout the years and so many shows this year, and it's a well-mined topic, to have somebody come up like yourself and just do something utterly brand new material-wise, I thought... Yeah, that's worth another star or two. In the I don't mind. I don't mind. By the way, are, are you taking the voice down? You took your voice down on that because you don't want to give away my material. Well, it's your choice. It's no, not my I choice. don't mind. I have a routine about. Uh, See, but now everybody's how... wondering what it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, but I have a routine about how clean sheets can ruin an intimate moment because you know you'll say to your wife, it's more about being married. You'll say to your wife, like, come on, let's go upstairs. I, I'm feeling in the mood, and she'll say, but but I just changed the sheets. As in, you will never. You know, a woman wants to experience that fresh sheets moment it's going to be at least a week before yes. you do it and so she's right yeah she's right everyone the women love fresh sheets so you know that that was just a lucky routine because that was like uh i was doing a show doing that routine about erectile dysfunction and then uh something came up about fresh sheets and then i just improved it and then that became a routine and it's a nice little routine but i i you know that's just like one of the things that people encounter so it's observation yeah women love fresh sheets more than any <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the yeah, one of the well, one of the so I, one of the great so I. Ri- yeah, yeah but i, no, I mean true. women god it's, it's just a it's a real peak moment in their lives that that first day they can get into a freshly made bed <laughs> similarly I, I completely i completely understand that let's not just make it all about the women <laughs> and i think we can know what happens with john in the bedroom yeah, now yeah. yes yeah so i just love the fact that observational comedy sometimes needs such a delicate touch irrespective of the topic and finding something new and then having the utmost confidence that it works and if there's any words that i had to describe your act 
it would be confidence because it is just brimming with with stagecraft that is so comfortable and bringing everybody into the audience. It was a delightful hour. Well, you I were think there. He likes it. Yeah, I, think well, he likes he, the I mean, show. in fairness, you were there. Honestly, on definitely one of the top three nights. Talk of yourself the down. Talk yourself. No, down. no, but no, but honestly, like everybody knows, you perform at this festival. You know that some nights are better than others. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's not. It's just a dead energy in the room, or not as big a crowd. Anyway, that doesn't matter. That night there was just a great flow, and I I was not fully responsible for that. Some of that just has to do with energy, whatever that yeah, is. People not, in the room, not in a spiritual in, sense, but it's just a weird thing. Like I wish we could put our finger on the science of why that energy is different every night. But uh, but as far as the confidence goes, or the stagecraft, or the performance. Uh, Honestly, a lot of those jokes require it. You know, there's a bit of a sort of a run on energy that goes with those routines. And, you know, in, independent of that, I don't know if there's enough punchlines in it to make it laugh. I, I, I sometimes feel like there's a certain element of con or magic sleight of hand going on with some of those routines because, you know, it, 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 on their own, they, they're not as funny. I'm struck by how actually, so my, my main interest is classical music. That's one of the reasons why I feel extremely uncomfortable at the Fringe, because it's my first time here. Uh, but what I've noticed in the concert hall is exactly what you've just said about energy. The fact that you will go to, a, I will go to a recital, and sometimes you will hear the same music you've heard time and time and time again. But for whatever reason, uh, something is transformed Mm. And it is to do with a conversation, an implicit meta-conversation between the performer and the audience. And I'm fascinated by that. And what you're saying is that that is happening here. Absolutely happening. And obviously, with music and with comedy, sometimes it's acoustic. Sometimes it's just simple acoustics in terms of the room. But it's not the only reason. You know, like, because I've... I know that because I've performed in the same room night after night and I have different energies. And often with the same size crowd, completely different energies. And so... Whatever happens, that connection between the audience and the performer, as you say, the conversation that happens, right? What, whatever changes it, we don't know. But I'd love to figure it out. So what fix, what hit do you get from, from that? Well, when, when the connection is at yeah. its best, it feels like it's effortless. You know, it feels like it's a, it, it's a rush, actually, because it's just so nice to be in it. You know, it's like getting into water that is the perfect temperature. You know, there's there's no getting used to it. Or you know? indeed into clean sheets. Into yeah, or getting into yeah, clean I mean, sheets. Really. Look at that. It's like a comedy hey. callback. Oh, no, oh, Jacob. New to the bunch. That's fire. a callback. I am on fire. Jesus. I tell you, I'm feeling that energy in the shed right now. I am feeling that energy yeah, in the shed. John, ask when he's show he's on. Call it to the end. You're not going to top that. When's it on? Uh, 8 <laughs> o'clock in the Pleasant's Dome. That's uh, miles away, isn't it? 70 yards. 70, 70 yards 70 away. I obviously was misdirected by you. Under the underpass. I do love this underpass, but it is classic sort of 60s and 70s planning. Uh, so, gone sorry, I need, I need information again. So it's on at 8 o'clock. It's on at 8 uh, in the Pleasance Dome, in right. the Ace Dome, and uh, it's an hour long. Right, okay. Tickets available on edfringe.com. I'm oh. playing through until the 28th. Till the 28th. Tweet me at Des Bishop, Snapchat, Des Buffer, and my new podcast. As you yeah, said, get I the podcast in. Get it the in. The Des Bishop podcast. I put a lot of time into the name. Uh, it's just Clearly. started. So we have a nice Trust interview me, with this Kevin is Bridges. The Edinburgh up. Fringe Podcasting Radio Show. You know. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, well, I think Naming is not a strong point. Get the information out there Absolutely. in the title. Let's yeah. not mess about. Des. Thanks. Thanks for having me, lads. Not a problem. Thanks for coming in. Des Bishop there, recorded in 2016. He's currently on tour with his Mia Mama show. 
asked to describe what it's about, he said that his mother, who died in March 2019, uh, led to a period of sadness and grief, and that can be tough, but he could see a lot of funny in that too. And the show sprung from there. He's got three upcoming dates in America. He's playing Dublin in April and then back to New York to tape his prodigal American TV special for whatever online media emporium. He's got the contract signed for that one. The podcast that he mentioned there uh, in the interview back in 2016 is still up and running. You can uh, log on to your various podcast services. Um, it finished at the start of the end of the 2022 comedy season before he went out to do the big touring round. So I'm expecting that to start back soon. But if not, you've got a huge, great big archive to go back on there. Uh, links to that, uh, links to Des's website will be back at our website, enrafringe.thepodcastcorner.com. That's the archives. Big then, bigger now. Who's on next week? <laughs> You'll have to. I was about to say tune in there. And uh, well, if you know, if you're listening to us on the podcast radio, that is perfectly right. You will have to tune in. But if you're listening to us online, whatever podcatcher software you're using, you know, and whatever you don't know is a podcatcher, but looks quite like something Apple gave you, that's a podcatcher. <laughs> We're going to be there next week. I'm going to be there next week. Hope your ears are going to be there too. I'm Ewan Spence. Thanks for listening. Back into the archive. Chat soon. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show. Hosted by Ewan Spence. Produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com.